Nikki Thompson, welcome to the podcast. I'm really grateful for you joining us today. Great to be here. Thank you. Uh, you, well, you've, I've had the privilege of being able to read your book recently, Fight, Flight and Faith, uh, and just want to say congratulations to you for sharing uh, your story, uh, really your story in and much of your life and also the story of anxiety in your life and, and so much more. Uh, so just just want to thank you for that, having read it and really privileged to read it and, and really enjoyed it. We'd love to talk to you about your book today. So, again, first up, congratulations on that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And thank you for reading it. Um, <laughs> readers are very much appreciated by writers, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, really privileged to read. I, I recommend it to our listeners, uh, commend it to you, and we'll unpack some of that today. But before we do, uh, and you go into your story and who you are and, and so much more in great length. For, for those who haven't read your book, can you tell us a little bit about yourself now and who you sure. are, what you're up to, where you are and whatever <laughs> else comes to mind? Yep. So my name's Nikki. Um, I am married to Mike, who's a historian. Uh, we have three kids, 10, 8 and 6. And we originally came from Sydney, um, but have lived in Queensland for the last four years. And we came up here for work and have found a really lovely community here. So uh, I am a writer and I teach creative writing at a university and freelance writing. I, I do some freelance writing as well. So, okay. yeah, a bit of a juggle. So have done the move to Queensland thing? Yeah, 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 which we thought we would never do. We um, actually, if you read the book, we go to Melbourne as well, so we've moved around a fair bit. And we thought we were Melbourne people. We're artsy, we're introverted, <laughs> we're not that sporty, all that sort of thing. And we just thought Queensland was this overly sunny place, um, <laughs> slightly obnoxious. Sorry, Queenslanders, but we actually ended up moving here, the last place we expected, and it's been a really, um, I would say, a really uh, good influence on us Um quite calming in many ways for uh, my husband as well is quite um, by na- by disposition is a little bit anxious. So it's been a, a good place for us to be. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Queensland. Is that been like a, the, the relaxed, more relaxed vibe of Queensland where yeah. it just dials back yeah. a little bit? Everything is more relaxed. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, except they're way more um, intense about time so everything is very on time and everything is very early everything starts early i think because of the heat so it's um apart from that people are more laid back people uh not as many cars on the roads all that sort of thing so it's nice yeah so some of the stuff that you really want less less of some things and more of others in the right way yeah yeah no it's it's been good for us um not what we thought but what god had in in mind for us so it's been yeah yeah well there seems to be a few people moving up there Post, yeah. I don't know, say post-pandemic, but anyway, I'll just say in the last year or so, but particularly the last yeah, six yeah. months. Yeah, apparently there are. So we were, we were pre-pandemic, not knowing, but um, it's been a good place to land. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you're almost locals now. <laughs> <Almost>. <laughs> and so the book, um, when was that, when did that, uh, that, that decision, I suppose, come? So I'm going to write, I'm gonna write this out. And, and yeah, what's that sure. sort of been over how, how long now? Um, so I've sort of been playing with that sort of story or those themes for quite a while. I had a, a blog first um, where I wrote a bit. Um, I've always written sort of freelance pieces and pieces for magazines and that sort of thing. Um, but I just really wanted to get this story out. I'm not exactly sure what happened to sort of make it come to a crucible like that. But um yeah, I started talking to people more seriously about it and being encouraged to do it by certain friends who were in publishing and um, or other creatives. And sort of finally, um, I actually had six months where I wasn't teaching. I was between sort of contracts and I knew like it's hard when you're teaching and, and doing all other things to have that intensity to write. And I knew I had that six months and that's the six months when I, um, I already had a manuscript, but then I totally reshaped it into what it is now. So. And when was the book published? Uh, December last year. So yeah. it just about three months it's been out, four months. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's new to stores and stands and online. And how's it going? 
Yeah, it's going well. Um, yeah, I mean, I am. it's my first book, so I'm not, you know, a voice that's known that much, I suppose. But the reception's been really good and it's sort of a bit of a word of mouth thing, which is really lovely. Yeah. Um, probably, I don't know, at least once a week I get messages from people or emails, um, responses just saying how much um, they enjoyed it or how much they felt heard, um, which was the intention of it. Um, writing always for me has been an act of communication to be a companion to other people, no matter what I'm writing about um, and to offer mm-hmm. hope. And um, I feel like that's happening. So yeah, it's still early days, but I, I think it's going well, which is great. And I'm, I'm holding a version of it here and can say uh, to you, the author, I, I have read it. And and very, very much enjoyed it, but enjoying doesn't quite capture it. I don't think. I think there's there's much more to this book. It's it's your story, and it's a story of your life with anxiety in it. Uh, and it's very compelling. It's very personal. It's very vulnerable. And ultimately, I think it's it's also a story of hope, um, and um, gives an insight into, I suppose, a world or or a dynamic that maybe uh, a number of people aren't familiar with in terms of anxiety and how it affects us. Uh, And I think for many people, more than perhaps most of us are aware, those who do journey and suffer and have experienced anxiety acutely or chronically, um, it hopefully, I think, would be um, refreshing and reaffirming and very helpful to those who struggle with it. That's great. I, I hope so. That's the hope. Yep. Yeah. What? How would you define or describe anxiety for you? Uh, for me, um, well, I think I was always anxious. Like I explore this in the book, even as mm. a child, I was a perfectionist. I worried about things, but I was never sort of labelled with anxiety. I didn't really know what it was, anything like that. Um, I went about my way. But then um, in my 20s, early 20s, when I actually um, – started having panic attacks and that sort of thing, um, that's when I sort of entered into the realm of having an anxiety disorder. So for me, anxiety um, is general. It's something that um, can kind of float around and I can, uh, and it can be intense where I feel it in my body in the form of panic attacks. Um, so it's, I wouldn't say it's something I'm ever entirely free of, although um, through counselling, um, working with a great psychologist and through all the different ways that I've come to approach it, um, I do understand it more and that understanding now helps me to live with it way better. Yeah. yeah. Is that, can that be, jumping to that, can that be a game changer when there's an understanding and and naming? And, yeah, and I think that- so, yeah. I think what can't be named is more terrifying than, you know, yeah. what. Yeah. And, and just, just when I first became anxious, I didn't know anybody else who had anxiety Um it was unusual, you know, it wasn't talked about back then. And now there are so many people who are experiencing similar things now, particularly with COVID. And I think being able to name it and share about it mm. takes some of the power away from it for sure. And and then we can work at, out how to how to live with it and work with it and and obviously um, bring God into it or he's already there, but understanding yeah. that he's there in it changes everything. Yeah, yeah. Um Let's. I'll say this. I'll say this now because I could probably say it at every juncture. Is you say this in the book, <laughs> so I'm going to we'll cover some ground and just assume you've covered it in the book. But for those who again haven't haven't read the book yet, and and hopefully will after they hear this conversation, um, can you just tell us sort of where it sort of came in, how and where and when it came into your life in that time was because it was quite like it came on quite suddenly. It did come on quite suddenly. It seemed to come out of the blue, but Uh now looking back, I realised that it was bubbling away. Um, So, yeah, as I said, I was, you know, quite um, one of those people who was, I guess, a little bit uptight or a bit perfectionistic or sensitive, highly sensitive. Uh Creative people are always highly sensitive, right? It's the flip side. I always tell other um, students that I have, uh, you know, with anxiety that it's it's the flip side of your creativity and it can be a superpower, but that's that's another point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I sort of had all that going on. But then when I was 19, my brother, who I was very, very close to, um, died suddenly mm. and that sort of shook my world, but I didn't sort of realise it or um, I guess I was in shock or all those 
processes of grief, that sort of thing. And so it wasn't until several years later, just before my 21st birthday, so a couple of years later, um, I was just sitting in the living room. I talk about this in the book. Um, I, I say anxiety attacks is the chapter name because it suddenly seemed yeah. to attack me. I was sitting downstairs watching TV and suddenly just had all those physical sensations that anxiety can have, just that extreme like dread, um, heart pumping, um, feeling nauseous, like suddenly like something terrible is happening, like something really bad's happening. And at first I thought I need to go to the hospital or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um and yeah, that's when that's when it came on for the first time. And then I talk about how then um eventually I went to a GP who then showed me um literal diagrams saying this is what's going on in your body. You've yes. you're having anxiety attacks or panic attacks and um yeah, that's that's when I knew what it was for the first time. But then even then it probably took years to sort of explore what that meant um, in me as a person for me and my life and, yeah, what to do. But you remember that vividly. I do remember that vividly. And I think I always will because I guess when the first time something happens, because until that point I don't think I'd ever had a panic attack. You know, I was almost 21 and I'd never I'd, I'd never had it described to me. Since then, I like, I, I think... So many of my friends, people I know, um, it's, it's actually quite common yes. maybe not to have an anxiety um, disorder or panic disorder that's ongoing, but it's quite common, particularly in the state of the world at the moment, for people to have that sort of sudden um, onset of sort of debilitating fear, even if that, it then passes. But um, at the time, I it just seemed to come so out of the blue. Like I can remember where I was sitting, how I felt. Yeah. Um, and uh, thankfully now, if I've experienced symptoms, which have, you know, probably never been as intense since, at least I can say to myself, I know what this is. Yes. You're not dying. Yeah. You're not, you don't have to go to hospital immediately. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was it, what were those f- from, from that point on? That was, sounds like quite a turning point. What, mm-hmm. what was it like for you then in, in sort of, because it, it didn't really go away, it didn't, and, it, and, it, and it hasn't since. Though you yeah. manage it and you lead it now, it doesn't lead you. Um, yeah, um, as far as possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and notwithstanding, there's still times where yeah it comes again. Um, what were those first few years like for you? Yeah, they were very um, all-encompassing. So now I would say. Um, I've got a lot more freedom where I know I can live life and enjoy things and, you know, anxiety might be a part of it, but it's no way, um, thankfully, hopefully <laughs> dominating, um, at this stage. But in those first few years, it was, it was very dominating. Um, and I wanted to get rid of it at all costs. And I talk about that yeah. in the book, as you said, <laughs> I wanted to sort of defeat it. That's why the, I've titled this fight flight yeah. uh, and faith. I wanted to fight it or to run away from it. And I thought that was when I'd be free. Like if I can just get rid of this awful feeling, but then the irony is the more you think about something or become obsessed with needing to get rid of it, you actually focus on it more. And um, that's where it's interesting. You'll probably get to this later, but that's where it's interesting as a Christian. You think if you look at sort of verses on anxiety at face value, you can think until I'm perfectly free of it, I'm not trusting God enough, but then you can kind of become obsessed with your own perfectionism in trusting God enough. Whereas it's, it's coming to learn that you can trust God in it that actually takes some of its power away. If that makes sense. Oh, look, I think that what you just said is, is, is great. And um, really the, the interpretation of scripture, and if you like the theology of that, with what you've just unpacked, which you've learned through probably bitter tears and experience is, yeah. I think is so helpful for people to hear that. So the, the trust is in God in the midst of it. Yeah. Which ironically um, puts God at the top because God is still bigger than it, even if it's there. Yeah. Whereas if you're trying to escape it or fight it, it's like, you're saying um, I've got to get rid of this till I can kind of meet with God and be, secure but he's he's secure in that in the storm of that yeah 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 and i and i think if we can just step into the bigger picture for a second in terms of that whole of life is we can know those things intellectually and i i know what that means and i know that i i can't just get myself together and pull my life together by my bootstraps and and then i'll be right with god and it'll be great after that it's but we we might know that to be true intellectually, but we still try to do it at times when 
when challenges come along, don't they? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's an ongoing process. I'm having to remind myself because there's always something new to be faced. And now as a parent and, you know, when my children are having struggles or whatever, the temptation is always like, I've got to solve this. <laughs> I've got to get it right or else. But um, actually it's, it's, it's that trust within that that, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's actually recognising God's already reached down to you. He's already there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just have this image of you mentioned the storm of us being in a plane or in some sort of vehicle and um, going, you know, it's all right, God, I've got this, and then we grab the wheel. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. usually work out that well for us when we grab the wheel. No, no, exactly not, no. And we never and we never asked to. I think that's the liberating thing. We make up all these um, rules or kind of steps for ourselves that we think we have to achieve. And it's often through suffering or through something really huge happening when you realise you can't do any of it, that then you can start, sorry, recognising that um, some of those things you were you were trying to achieve weren't actually expected of you. That was just your own um, legalism or your own um, pressure on yourself. Um, so it's about, in a way, um, accepting your vulnerability, your humanity, but then that doesn't have to be sort of worshiping yourself it's actually worshiping god more because he's the only one that's higher than all that yeah yeah and and, and then through that you actually become more secure and and, and find more growth or, or i did yeah. yeah so is there a is there a positive with anxiety it, it seems it can negatively compound or spiral on itself and is there yeah. is there a positive compounding as well that can happen when you you're sort of trusting upwards i think so yeah yeah um for sure, and I talk about that at the end, the gifts of anxiety. Yeah. It's, it's this weird flip side where it can and and you can actually um, learn more from that than you than you would have known before. So you don't go back to perfect um, equilibrium, but maybe you're sort of journeying forward more, if that makes sense, um, for sure. And I think a gratefulness as well, um, mm. Mm. I think, when you have that recognition of your own vulnerability or what you've been through, um, at least for me, I feel like simple things you're more grateful for, or you're kind of more alert to the good things as well as the bad things. It's like if you've been um, hyper alert to the bad stuff, you can also use that to be hyper alert to the good stuff and see where God's working, even in really small ways and not necessarily the most spectacular ways, but, um, but those small ways become more kind of resonant. from that. Mm. Do you think, Nikki, that you, you've really, if I summarise some of the things in terms of your what happened with your brother and your journey to pregnancy and children and other extended family issues that you elaborate on and, and share really, really vulnerably, do you think we have, how do I say, what, what's, what do you think our theology of suffering is like, if I can put that as a, a term? As a, a body of the church, like as Christians, do you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, broadly. Yeah, yeah. I think we're becoming, on the good side, I feel like people are becoming more and more aware um, of the existence of suffering and not trying to deny it. I think maybe 10, 20 years ago, this is just me um, yeah, taking a yeah. guess here, we were more um, wanting to kind of get rid of our suffering or sort of be um, this victorious church that you know proves to the world that that god is um you know the one who can make everything sort of perfect on earth i think with the way society is now and with covid and everything that's happened i feel like christians i think it's positive i feel like we're all waking up more to our own humanity and it's almost like everyone's experienced a little bit of anxiety or a little bit of something now almost no one's untouched and so i feel like perhaps i don't know what you think about this our theologies um, improving in that we're seeing that God never promised us um, perfect life this side of heaven, mm. um, but but we're sort of yearning and aching to sort of um, be in that perfect place in the future, and I feel like we're doing that more as a church. I don't know. That's what I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I feel no, like things I, are improving I, perhaps. I like what you're saying in that sense in that we've um, everybody's lost something in the past couple of years in some way, shape, or form, small or large or yeah. Um, in some some fashion, there's been a loss and a grief for that, and I think uh, yeah. how we deal with our losses in our grief and and which is really suffering. Um, yeah. 
and you touch on well, you don't touch on it. You really, I think, you really um, communicate it clearly and succinctly. Is that makes a big difference into your relationship with God, and is really hard and unpleasant, and we want to drive around it, but you can only go through right. it. And there's wonderful gifts in it as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I feel like there's more stories out there now. I feel like every, I mean, this is just talking about people I know and my yeah, kind of yeah. world, but um, suffering's always been there, obviously, and horrendous suffering, like way worse than what I've been through. But I feel like there's more awareness, maybe the conversation's more open between Christians now as well, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, that's what I've found. So I feel like people are more receptive to talk about it, more eager to talk about it, and I think that's good. Yeah, it is. I agree with you, and I think... There's, there's conversations being had, and we're always can be at risk of going too far with it. But I think there's conversations yeah. being had more in recent years that that haven't been had. Well, it's probably yeah. as long as I've been alive to the degree that they yeah. are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing because it. Uh, I think stories. We all have a story. You've gone to that that extra length and put it in a book with yours and shared it with others. And I think that's yeah. that's a big deal. That's to be commended. But it gives others permission. And so I think yeah. that's what you're doing. What what would you want to say to people who are struggling with anxiety now and maybe just are at that if if you um with your permission, if you think about your first five years and of the journey mm-hmm. with anxiety and you think about people who might be in the first five years or first 10 years, wherever it might be, you want to say to um, them? Yeah, I think that there is hope and there is light even when you can't see it. Like anxiety can feel like you are um, in this just this self-enclosed dark room and you can't get out, but there is light. Like there is, you know, I, I really do believe there's there's better things coming. So just hang on. Um, you're going to be okay. And And in the meantime don't waste time beating yourself up for, for being anxious. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it can happen. It's not necessarily your fault or it isn't your fault. And, um, yeah, just try and reach out to someone to talk to because talking is so helpful. Um, and especially, you know, if you get counseling or see someone that's even, I think even better, um, Yeah, so don't be afraid to reach out. Know that so many people have gone through it. It's not you're not some weird anomaly. Like there's lots of people who've suffered this. There's ways to be helped. People can help you, and and there is hope. And it won't always feel like this. I love the analogies that um, people use of like weather. Like you're in a bad weather pattern now, but it will pass. Like we just had the floods, right? Yeah. And it seemed like the rain would never stop, but it will clear at some point. And maybe it'll just clear in little patches at first, but it will. It will clear. This too shall pass. Yeah. Yeah. What was unhelpful or what has been unhelpful for you or some things in your yeah. journey with this? Um, probably when people um, use Bible verses either out of context or kind of like weapons or kind of um, say, you know, pointing them at you sort of accusatory like, um, you know, just trust in God, then you'll be okay or you know, and it's not bad to say trusting God. I'm a hundred percent trusting God, but okay is a very broad term and, and God's a very broad God. And, um, yeah, when, when someone tries to, or tries to minimize your pain and sometimes people are trying to be really helpful. They don't mean yeah. to be saying the wrong thing. People don't know what to say. I still like when people are grieving or, or are anxious or struggling with mental health, I still don't I feel like I should have the words, but half the time I feel like a bumbling idiot. So people are going to say the wrong thing. Um, so balance that with also knowing that it's it's okay to to not, um, you don't have to receive every bit of advice that you're given, <laughs> particularly from people who don't understand it or, um, you know, people will say the wrong thing. Yeah. And so what we say to someone when they're struggling with anxiety might be say nothing at all or just... Um, yeah, I think your presence and your listening is, is huge. I think for me, I don't know, I'm a verbal kind of processor, but being able to talk aloud to a friend and just have them listen and just, you know, just gently say a few encouraging words, like it's going to be okay. That feels horrible now, but you've, you've been through this before. It's going to be okay. Um, you know, it's okay to pray for someone. I think praying for people is really nice, um, but, but done it and not just nice, effective, but done in a way that, um, 
don't know, that's alongside them, not like you're yeah, thinking yeah. that your prayer will be the instant fix. It might be, but it yeah. might not be. So yeah, sincerity, yeah. I guess, sincerity of love well, is a big thing. Well said. Well said. You mentioned um, you mentioned counselling. Um, you there's a quote here that I, I had to write down from you in the book. It said counselling didn't constrain me or shrink me in any of the ways I feared. Um, if anything, it helped to blow me open. How was how was counselling helpful for you? Yeah. So um, when I first saw a, a psychologist, for me it was a psychologist. Um, I was really worried, and I write about this that, yeah. that somehow um, this meant I was a really bad person, or I, I was I was scared that they wouldn't be able to fix me, that they'd find something in me that was worse than anyone else, <laughs> and they'd say, "Oh dear." People <laughs> think, which is you know, maybe that's being anxious. Um, yeah. And I, I thought once I started talking, I also worried that opening it up, and I think a lot of people like this, if you open up the door to all that stuff, you've kind of been keeping tightly held, and maybe managing in other ways, distracting yourself, working, all that stuff. Um, having fun, whatever, if you open that up, then, you know, it's just going to bring in, you won't be able to cope. It'll be too much, be overwhelming. But in fact, um, talking about it and kind of when I say um, blow me open or um, blow me open, um, letting it out actually, actually took some of the weight off. Like it actually, um, it, it was healing, not, not harmful. Um, The more I talked and the more, you know, the trained person, for me it was a Christian psychologist each time I saw one, um, the more we talked, the more I felt like uh, healed and in in many ways just healed of my false assumptions, I think, about what God thought about me in this. Um, Yeah, so it was good. And is the nature of um, anxiety such that you draw conclusions about yourself and your future self and future scenarios um, and that they were able to then, if you're able to verbalise those uh, to them, they were able to, and again, you always blow those open because um, mm. the nature of anxiety seems to be such that we'll, we'll ha- be anxious about where I'm at now or some future event or myself in yep. the future or this is going to happen and therefore... Yep. I won't do that or I won't go, I won't let that happen or whatever yeah, it might be. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Anxiety is always looking at the future and like you said, it's like it's already predicted all these terrible things are going to happen and I don't know what I thought that maybe they'd like, I don't know, send me to some white room and not let me out or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't at all like that. Like um, counselling just helps you actually to be, you know, to be more of yourself and to be able to function in the world better as yourself. It's not some sign of you being um, unfixable or different. Like everybody yeah. could do it really. Oh, yeah. um, we've yeah. all got something like. Yeah. 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 What does it look like? Um, no, let's, let me tell you a step back. What have been some of the, we mentioned counselling there. What have been some of the other really um, just along I'll keep using the word journey because this has been a journey and I'm, I'm thinking of your book as we're speaking. So, um, cause it's a, it's a sweeping story over a couple of decades. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically yeah, 10 to 12 years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's been, what have been some of the things along the, like you mentioned, there was, uh, some people that weren't that helpful. Uh, and then there were situations and people that were both helpful to you. What have been some of the others that really helped you along the way? Um, yeah. So friendships and relationships, like just those solid people beside me and who would always talk to me when I needed it. Um, uh, let me think. Yeah. Just, I think I've been lucky with that. Like if you can find people that you can trust, that's a huge thing. Safe, safe Um, people you can trust. Safe people. Yeah. Um, been such a journey for me um I mean things like practical things as well like exercising and you know eating well all that sort of stuff so it's kind of a whole it's your whole body sort of thing um I don't know if that's the sort of thing yeah no definitely it's um because it's it's not just yeah not just in your mind is it no no it's in your body too so yeah I did a lot of walking and that sort of thing um and just engaging in in life in a, a meaningful way, um, finding what you love doing and, and 
and not feeling bad about that or not apologising for that. I think as anxious people and as Christians, we can often think there's only one mould that we have to be. Um, (laughs) I want to be like that person in the church or that person or whatever. But it's that body of Christ thing, like we're all different parts of the body. And I think um, it sounds corny, but kind of living into who you're meant to be, I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, So for me, like writing was something I always loved doing, but I've probably done more of it in the last 10 years than I, you know, did in my whole life to that point. Um, and that's been really good for me because it's like um, being able to use what you've been given to give to others. And I think that's, that's helped me as well. What, yeah. what would anxiety have said to you at the start when you thought about maybe I should really write some of this out and, or gee, maybe I could actually even do a book. Yeah. It might've said weird things like, you know, um, or that selfish or, um, you know, you should be serving in this way or doing this thing or um, it won't work out or yeah, um, yeah. all that sort of stuff, yeah, yeah. all those voices. Did, what what was a turning point for you, Nikki, in, the, in all this, when you look back and where was the real sort of the hinge, yeah. on, the hinge on the um, door for all this? Yeah, probably. So first of all, I had a really good foundation with my first psychologist and we made a lot of ground and I talk about that. That was really good. But probably when I had my, when I was pregnant um, with my first child, yeah, when I was pregnant with my first child, I talk about that in the book. Yeah. um, Just going into my psychologist and and saying, I should be better by now. Like I'm I'm a Christian. I'm going to be a mum. I've spent years on this. I should I should be A plus by now. Like I should be a really good student and I should be producing the goods, but I still feel anxious. And when he said, I mean, that line will always stick with me when he said, um, why should you be better? Like, why? Like what, what should you be like? And then he talked to me about all these characters in the Bible who, you know, don't necessarily lead these great victorious upward bound lives. They're not like, you know, high-fiving each other all the time. Um, And then he kind of helped me to see that, God can use weak people and he can, or God can use people who, who are worried about their weaknesses and yes. that sort of thing. Like, um, yeah. and, and realizing that in fact, there can be gift in that. And I think that really was a turning point for me. I talk about like the light when I left the office that day. And I honestly, I remember ringing my husband and saying, oh, I feel like something's just like, something's dropped in my head and it yeah. all makes sense. And I, yeah. Um, yeah. I just was, felt lighter. Like I wasn't carrying all that failure and all that, um, you know, should, 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 should. Like yeah. what's God done for you and, and how can you actually really live that? I think that's yeah, that's when that dropped. Yeah. So that, yeah, you you're, you wrote about literally walking out and feeling lighter that day. Yeah. Yeah. And I did. Um, yeah. Yep. Really. Yeah. That's a, that was, that was, I, I really, obviously really enjoyed reading that because it was, it was, um, a lot happened in getting to that point, and yeah. I think that that it came across as a real turning point. Yeah, um, no, yeah. Was that was. the wise man? The wise man, yeah. Wise I call man. him the wise man and the wise woman. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I've even is, had people contact me since um, saying, can I get the name of those yeah. people? Like, oh, I don't know if I should, you who, know. Who is the wise man? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm like, you need to. Yeah. Um, you couldn't, but, <laughs> yeah. I think if you did, the wise man's uh, books might fill up. Uh, if they're not already, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do do you still still see the wise man? Um, the wise man is retired. Ah, um, okay. I remember though the last time I saw him, um, being a bit of an interviewer myself, you know, because I also um, teach media writing and this sort of thing, yes. asking him like like quizzing him for his top advice on everything, and 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 I asked <laughs> him, what do I do if it comes back? You know, I was still. Um, this was my last appointment, and he said, um, hold on to your anchor points. Like, remember your anchor points, yeah. which are, you know, that you are loved, that you don't have to be perfect, that God is there, that, you know, this will pass, all that stuff, and that was really helpful. I still think about that. Let's talk about that, um, where you're at now and where things can, you know, resurface and is, yeah. is it fair to say it's not like you, you came out of there very much lighter and there was significant change and healing took place and it recurs from time to time? Is that, is that fair to yeah. say? It's fair to say, yep, yep. Definitely it recurs from time to time, but probably um, the way I think about it or even if I fall into ways of thinking about it incorrectly, um, I feel like my um, the way I think about it is different than it used to be. 
um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in relation to God specifically. Yeah. And, and his love for me and his holding on to me is different. Yeah. Is, is that around um, an identity thing for you and your trust in him? Is that how that yeah, comes out? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's that belovedness. Yeah. Um, and that's something I've explored more over the last, because that, that book actually only went up till um, I I've lived 10 more years since then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <we'll keep> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, just digging into that belovedness more, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And the deeper you go into that, that, that you are already loved. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 And, and then the, the, the one who loves us and, and the focus on him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Just, um, yeah, just, Focusing more on Jesus, um, not our kind of religious ideas, for sure. Yeah, if you has there been a lot? You, you, I think you touched on it before around the and and in, and in the book, the gifts of anxiety and the growth. Just would love to hear just hear if your thoughts on some of the areas where you've got could be spiritually, which you're touching on, um, other areas yeah. on emotionally. Um, you you tell me, but yeah. it's just areas yeah, of growth probably, that have been. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, probably more compassion, um, hopefully for other people and, and wanting to be, um, like that supportive listener that my friends were, um, I would hope that's an area of growth. Um, being a parent is huge because parents beat up on themselves all the time. And and that's the next book actually that I want to work on. Oh, okay. The idea, um, yeah, of that sort of thing. Um, and so but I think taking that sort of stuff into my parenting and I feel like I have to relearn it every day. Um, just, yeah. Um, wanting to also accept kids flaws and, and my flaws as a parent and, um, not get so anxious about all that. Um, just a, a recognition of the, um, fragility, but also kind of the preciousness of life. That sounds really, um, you know, funny, but yeah, for sure. Especially after, you know, 2020, 2021. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, again, even now into 2022, we're reminded of again with global events. So yeah, um, we, we sit here having this conversation in the, the, the first quarter of 2022 and it, uh, the, the issues have, seem to have and, and challenges don't seem to be abating. No, no, exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, so just... I don't know, just not being surprised when someone else is struggling as well and realising that everybody is holding something Um, and so but also everyone has the capacity to pass that over to God to an extent um, even if they're still going through it, yeah. Yeah. Um, You've mentioned, um, uh, you know, the the wise woman and the wise man. I'm using uh, book language here from, again, listeners, you have to go and read the book to know what we're talking about. Uh, and I encourage you to do that. Um, so um, Mike and others around you, I feel like I know your whole family having read your book. So <laughs> you keep using everyone by their first name because you do. So, you know, I feel like yeah. I can I can. I do know. That. On my blog for years I um, <laughs> and in articles I was using initials, but in this one I just, yep, everyone's there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mike and others, what, what's it been like for them? And can you sort of share some of the journey of what it's mm. been like for them in during this? With, with you. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think Mike had to grow up quite quickly. Um, he was always a very perceptive um, sort of a guy anyway, um, emotionally aware, that sort of thing. But I think he had to um, become even more so, which is um, both hard for him but has, has helped to grow him as a person, I hope. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, others around me. Well, one of my best friends is a psychologist now and I probably gave her a lot of training. <laughs> you gave her some content. <laughs> um, she's a good psychologist um, and she's in the book as well. Um, yes. Yeah, hard for my parents maybe. That's yeah. very tender. That's written in the book. Um, yeah. But also we've all sort of journeyed close through it all. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I think about when my kids will read it when they're older because they've all got their things and what they'll what they'll find. Yeah, because it's um, I I I hadn't planned to ask this, but I was just thinking I I 
correct me if I'm wrong, of course, but it, I wonder if there's an element where those closest to us when we're struggling with anxiety might go through the fight or the flight or, or those mechanisms mm. themselves in, in mm. dealing and with And I think, yeah, for sure, I'm pretty sure that's true, um, particularly with some of my friends in those early years after my brother died, like we were only 19, 18, 19 years old, and I know for them it was huge, yeah. kind of facing all that and walking alongside me. So, yeah, for yeah. sure, um, I think it taught us all a lot, yeah. And there's, there's a real... Um, uh, we can feel all at sea as human beings, I think, where, uh, okay, I, I, I want to fix this, so I'll just try to fix it and yep. you, you should just let me try to fix it or I have mm. no idea so I'll just keep my distance and maybe yep. maybe the truth lays in the middle there somewhere of how do I, I think I, it does, I'd yeah. There. I don't have the answers, I'll be there and, yeah. Yes. Which can feel so awkward. Um, it can feel really awkward to be in that middle space as the other person but it, it's a really needed space to be and as I said I still struggle to stand in that space for other people yeah. um, wanting to say the right thing or just wanting to avoid it in case I say the wrong thing or um you know not knowing what they need but um I think presence and kind of you know even cards and letters I got heaps of those in the early days are really helpful as well just yeah. words of I'm here like yep. yeah yeah is it fair to say that space between um where you're, you're with someone in something and you have no idea what to say or what to do, it's it's not really a problem to solve, is it? No, I don't think so because there probably is no perfect thing to say or do. <laughs> no, it's not a problem to solve. That's where I guess we're, we're getting anxious ourselves and putting it on ourselves. It's more looking at the other person and with compassion, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. if you're doing that, you know, with, with love and compassion, then, then you're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And speaking from experience yourself, is it, are, are you, when you're really in the thick of it there, are you grateful for those people just being around even though they, they Absolutely. feel, they feel tongue-tied? Yep. Yeah, yeah. But, um, that just made me think in C.S. Lewis's A Grief Observed, there's a line where he says he, he wants to be around people and the noise even if he can't talk himself. Just having people around, he's terrified when the people aren't there. And I think um, God's given us each other and and that's where I think when people are in that darker space, just to know people are nearby is really important. Yeah. It makes me think about the power of presence as well. Just yeah. being present for people is a powerful thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. And, and um, even if there's not words. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And even with limitations, like at the moment with all this distancing and things, I think of people who have gone through things when they can't have people physically with them, you know, but then that's when you can you can use your text messages or your phone yeah. calls. Just even a voice can be um, a real lifeline to think people, I think. Yeah. 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 Well, that's great. That's great. That's great advice and encouragement to, I, I, I suspect, and you touched on this, Nikki, there's a lot of people out there, I think, especially given the past couple of years, that are in a place of anxiety and that mm. that's heightened yep. at the moment. Um, and yep. even, oh, I don't know if there's any research and evidence on this, but the anxiety around I don't know if we can ever control them, but anxiety around events that seem so much bigger than us yeah. the last two years, you know. Um, they're, yeah, Perhaps yeah. they're always bigger than us and beyond us, but even now they seem so much bigger and beyond yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. When I think there are all those statistics, aren't there, of all the um, phone calls to help land yeah. and things have gone up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. there anything that you would want to say to people who just, again, who might just be in that place, any words of encouragement or or we yeah, I think um, I was just thinking then, like, you're, yeah, I think just reminding you that you're not the, I think there's a power in knowing you're not the only one and you're not, um, there's not something terrible about you that you feel this weakness or you feel this sadness or you feel this um, insecurity right now. It's so easy to blame ourselves, but to know that things have happened in life, like whether it be complications of COVID or floods or war or whatever it is, um, all huge things, things happen in life and it's okay to feel emotions. That's something I didn't say. Like in the, mm. another turning point for me is to realize in the Psalms and in the Bible, like there are so many emotions and being emotional and feeling emotions about something doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Like it, you don't want to, like you, obviously we need to have boundaries, matter and emotions to a certain extent, but you need to be able to feel those um, in a safe space to process them and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, don't feel bad if you're, 
feeling bad right now because there's a lot to feel bad about. Yes. Feel bad and bring it to God and and sit with Him. That's um, that's probably what I'd want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think that's that's that is great to say that because do you find that in anxiety more you uh, might be trying to, as you write about, fight against the emotion. I shouldn't be feeling mm. this. This yeah. I've got to defeat this, or I've got to get yeah. away from this feeling. Yeah, and both those things actually end up just making it bigger. But when you can go, it's okay to feel like this. It's even a normal response to what's going on right now. Um, but what can I do to, to help myself in this moment? Like what would, what's a loving thing to do? What would, you know, what can I ask of God? What can, you know, those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. And I think we can um, just processing of what you're saying, I think we can, sometimes go out of our way or, or feel kind to other people and want to help each other people out, even if we don't yeah. know how sometimes, we can often be pretty harsh on ourselves. Yeah, exactly. So there's that old cliche of what would you say to a friend if they were feeling like this, which is so helpful. <laughs> yeah. um, you'd never be as hard on your friend. You'd say, oh, I'm so sorry and, um, you know, show them compassion. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't yeah. usually catch up with your friends and say and and lead out with you shouldn't. Yeah, or, no, you don't. don't. You shouldn't. Bad. <laughs> Bad. You are Bad. failing. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, you don't do that. Yeah, so yeah. being kind to ourselves is is that something we might have to retrain a bit of unlearning there or retraining? Because I, I find and maybe you yeah, do and others listening so. is that default can be oh you I can't believe what did you what do you think you know that sort yeah. of. Yeah, I think so. Um, Or even when you have those thoughts, recognising like, no, that's not the truth. That's just my brain saying those weird thoughts um, because that's my default. But I know the truth and and God wouldn't have me say them of me. He's not not sitting there decreeing that over me. So, yeah, yeah, I think retraining and also accepting and that kind of, yeah, yeah, mixture. Has your self-talk changed over the years about the story that you tell yourself and what you what Nikki says to herself yeah it's definitely changed um in degree for sure there was a lot of more negative self-talk um and even when there is there is still that self-talk there but probably um I don't I don't attach to it in the same way anymore or I can recognize it and and try to say okay that's my that's what happens when I get anxious I go into that mode of punishing myself but in the past I probably then thought and so you should, <laughs> whereas now I'm like, no, you know, um, yeah, yeah, and we're not going to be perfect. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, as a as a fellow recovering perfectionist, I can relate to what you're saying. Yeah, 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 and I think it's not something that ever, you know, goes away, but there is that liberation in realising that that's actually not how you're meant to live. You know, like Jesus is the only perfect one. He finished everything. Um, we're here. You know, we want to strive for godliness and we want to, um, you know, work hard and all that stuff. But perfectionism yeah. is something different, I think, where we turn it in on ourselves and, and it's all about us. And Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I, I'm sure, you know, you have that every day. Like I'm already, you know, playing out scenarios for an uh lecture I've got to do tomorrow and yep. have I done enough and so on. Yep. But to say, well, what is enough and, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think that you alluded to and your and the wise man alluded to, which you talk about in the book, is whenever um, the word should or, or, or synonyms to should are in there in my thinking and my self-talk and my words, that's usually a red flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah the holy shoulds as well, like the Christian shoulds. The Christian my shoulds. Husband talks about, my husband um, talks about the holy shoulds and banishing them because, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. And you mentioned uh, another book in the wings. Are we able to hear just a, any thoughts on that? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. It's more, uh, yeah, it's more on parenting and uh-huh. um, I've written a few articles um, that, um, just the conversation I had out of them or the response, so many people, so many parents, Christian parents particularly, or any parents, just we beat up on ourselves all the time. There's so much should, there's so much comparison, there's so much pain as well in being a parent because you can't control everything um, and, and your children aren't meant to be um, some sort of product that you prepare and, and display to the world. 
um, which I think so many is, or, you know, if they're not doing a certain way, you yeah. know, acting a certain way, um, we blame ourselves or whatever. And so looking at um, anxiety again in relationship, uh, relationship with our children and also an encouragement in that to myself, I want to write it for myself, but for others that um, what, are, what is our responsibility as a parent? It's to love our children, to accept them, to help them, but it's not, um, you know, to, to make them like, some uber children or something um yeah so i guess it's a similar thing it'll be again hopefully when i have some time to write it similar um the last 10 years so sort of part two of um taking that into the journey of having kids and and all that life's brought since then yeah 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 lots of riches and joys and challenges (laughs) yeah exactly and um yeah there's a whole thing yeah so maybe I didn't do it justice then. I haven't, haven't written the plan yet, but I have an inkling that that's what I want to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I was thinking in that as well is um, while you're raising your children, you start to realize that you are more like your own parents than you care to admit when you're younger. Yes, there's so much <laughs> of that in there. That's yeah. a whole other journey, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, there's so much in there. Um, yeah. And I think the the bigger idea, sorry, around all that, that I came to was that we're all children, like we're all children of God first and foremost. And I think that's what I want to say. And in parenting our own children, we're still a child being held. And so ultimately, again, it's that taking the load off your shoulders and giving it, giving it to God and trusting him in whatever direction it takes, that that's his path. So I think that's yeah, what I'm wanting to explore. That's good. Um, Cause even yeah. if our parents have, um, you know, moved on from this world, we, we never stop being sons or daughters in yeah. that regard. Yeah. So that, that sounds yeah. like a great area to explore. And um, yeah. one last thought on that was someone once said to me about parenting is um, it's every parent's right to uh, um, um, have some effect on their children so they need to go and see a counsellor at some point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm that's like, the thing, though, because we want to protect them from all that. Yeah. But we, like they're human yeah. like we're human. Yeah. That's they're right. born humans. They're not born, you know, we dress them up in all these cute clothes and they are cute and everything, but they're still humans at the yeah. end of the day. They're not some different breed. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, yeah. Oh, that's, well, we anticipate that and, and that sounds like a project in the making and, and there's always lots to that. Yeah. Um, your current book is out now, as you mentioned. It's been out for three or four months. Um, yeah. Fight, Flight and Faith. Um, a life yep. with anxiety and Jesus. I really lo- I love the title. Oh, and, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. The the story in it, as I said, is is compelling, and it's your story. And uh, as I mentioned, and and wanting to be able to chat with you today and share this conversation, which we're really grateful for, is I think it gives um, it's got such a healthy vulnerability to it, and it gives people permission yep. to to feel, as you mentioned. Uh, and those who are either struggling with anxiety or those who are look who are looking after those with anxiety or just as we touch on just don't know what to say um, yeah. i think it's very yeah. helpful and important piece of work um, and very timely so yeah, yeah yeah which i couldn't have planned so thank you <laughs> <laughs> no you wouldn't have um so thank you for doing the heavy lifting in your book and um thanks for sharing uh, your journey and and your time today we really appreciate it so thanks nikki <laughs> Thanks, Nick. That's fine.